Welcome to the Stella Fit Podcast. Stella Bergen dives into what you need to know to live your very best life. Stella is an executive coach, personal trainer, performance expert, and life coach. Stella tackles today's hot topics, including nutrition, exercise, sleep, and stress. In this podcast, find out what obstacles and challenges her clients are facing and how Stella is helping them meet their goals. Join us to find health strategies that work. Welcome to the Stella Fit Podcast. I'm Danielle Critchley. And I'm Stella Bergen. All right, we've been talking about the four tenets of good health. Eat to nourish, move often, harness your breath, and sleep well. So it's time to learn about sleep. Last week when we talked about and picked this topic, Stella, you said that you weren't a good sleeper. So why is sleep so important? And you were going to work on it, so how'd you do? Yeah, okay, so I I used to be a great sleeper, actually. If you talk to my husband, he almost used to complain about it when we first got married because my husband tends to stay up later. And I was so um, almost like rigid in my, like, I need to get a certain amount of sleep. And at that time, I was training a lot. Like, I was marathon running, and I was super into road racing. And if I didn't feel good the next day, I would have kind of a crummy run, right? Right, Or just, I just, whatever, I wouldn't get up early to go for my run. And then it would kind of snowball into my day or kind of cascade down that would impact my day. And and over the years, obviously, I've I've gotten much better about taking control of my, my own day and not letting certain things negatively impact my day as much as I can. So, um, but I think really having four kids and just becoming, you know, I had four kids in seven years. I spent almost an entire decade minus a few months that I was either pregnant and or nursing, right? I really think I became accustomed to managing on not great quality sleep and just not enough sleep. So, you know, I I think one thing we kind of have to factor out is we're not really talking here about the person who does something really fun. Like you go to a concert, you go to a party, you're out with your friends on your birthday, you're out on Friday night and you happen to have something, either you have to get up for work the next day or you have to be at a baseball game or a your right. kid's tournament or whatever. And I say, we're not really talking about a one-off, you know, or a one-off four times a year, five times a year. We're really talking about habitually or chronically not getting enough sleep. So I want to make that clear. I don't want people to, to think that all of a sudden they didn't get enough sleep one night and right. it's downhill from here. Sleep impacts your mood or your mental and emotional state. It impacts your cognition, your ability to think and react and process information, which kind of leads to it impacts your memory and and impacts your immune function, your immunity. So, I mean, that's huge, right? If you just think about all of the things that that it impacts when you don't get enough sleep. Right. You know, and I realize that. Yeah, I know a lot of people, I I can't remember, it was one of the like Dateline, Nightline programs a few years ago where they I still remember watching this where they um, took people who had gotten, I, I don't remember what the metrics exactly were, but I do remember they had kind of the obstacle course set up 
with the cones and the driving test for people who over like three nights did not get enough sleep. And the results were that your driving was akin to someone who was drunk, right? So that's scary. It's really scary, right? That just that chronic lack of sleep can impact your ability to function at the same level as someone who has been drinking alcohol to excess, right? So there's a bunch of other things that impacts too. I mean, it can negatively impact your blood pressure. It can negatively impact your sex drive. You can be at an increased risk of heart disease and diabetes. You can end up gaining weight. Um, It definitely will, will impair your balance function, you know, and, and even if you just talk about the weight gain in and of itself, I don't know about you, but but I definitely tend toward like if you don't get enough sleep and you're tired, your your brain natu- naturally wants you to do something to pick right. it up, right. Right? right? To kind of give it that boost, right? So you could go out for a walk or go for a short run or you could do 20 jumping jacks, which would all probably give your brain a slight boost, but I don't know. What do you do? I eat chocolate. Right. I mean, most of us go for definitely. sugar. I definitely go for sugar. Right. I mean, I almost. snack. I go for sugar yeah. for that. And then what happens when you go for the sugar? Then what do you want 30 minutes later when more you're tired? Sugar. Either more sugar or some people go for salty. And then guess what? Oh. An hour after that, they want sugar. And then they go for salty because really what they need is a nap. You know, or <laughs> I'm gonna think, I, I, that's interesting. I'm going to have to see if I do salty. I bet you I do that. Some people do. I think some people will just hit the insulin, you know, pump, boom, right, boom, right. boom. But some people will go from sugar to salt to sugar to hmm. salt, kind of back and forth. And so because they go up and then they kind of like, oh, but really what they need is either to get some short bursts of exercise to, to give their brain a little bit of boost or take a nap you end up with weight gain, right? Because right. you're kind of chronically trying to stimulate your brain function because of all those things I just mentioned. Now you're like not in a great mood. You're not thinking clearly. You can't remember to save your life, anything. And you feel like you get a cold, you've got a cold coming on, right? I mean, a lot of people, I hear a lot of people like, I get sick when I travel. And everyone thinks that it's the person sitting next to them on the plane that gave them a yeah, cold. Right. It most likely wasn't the person sitting next to you on the plate. It was most likely that your immune function was impaired because you were off of your kind of regular sleeping, eating, and therefore you're, you're just, your immunity is down a little bit. I'm not saying that it, it might not have been germs, but I would say if, if your immune system functioning was there, you most likely would be able to fight the, the germs that jumped off your next door <laughs> neighbor <laughs> sitting next to you on the plane it's a chair yeah so, okay so now we know why we need to sleep but what happens when we sleep to sort of stop all those negative things from happening yeah so when you sleep it's hugely important I, I want you guys to think about your brain going through a car wash right like when you sleep your brain basically clears out the sludge, toxins, or waste products, whatever you want to call it. But it's basically like your your brain is kind of going through the car wash, right? It's just cleaning all that stuff out. It helps restore your memory function. 
So you, you're, you're really restoring cleaning out your brain, first of all, right? So that's huge, which is why when we don't get enough sleep habitually, you've got mood, cognition, and memory function. So then when you go to the immunity, your body is healing and repairing itself on the cellular level, right? So most people, if you're a bodybuilder or an athlete, or even if you just read a lot about exercise, it that people realize that when when you rest or recover, that's actually when you're making the most gain. So if I go to the gym and I do a really hard workout, that I'm breaking down muscle fibers, right? Mm -hmm. And then when I rest, when I'm sleeping and I'm recovering and I'm not, I'm spending an X amount of hours and not doing a hard workout, that's when my body repairs itself. Those muscle fibers are repairing itself, and that's where you get the strength gains, right? Yeah. Well. Your, your body needs to heal and repair itself on the cellular level when you're sleeping. So sleep, you're clearing out your brain and repairing your body. So you're cleansing your brain, think of it that way, repairing your body. You're really restoring yourself. It's like you go to sleep and your body's going to a mini spa. <laughs> I like that. Okay, so now I know I want my mini spa. How many hours of sleep do I need to have my body your mini spa <laughs> exactly. effect yeah I'm, I'm trying to give everyone a little bit of like you know motivation <laughs> to make sure they get some sleep tonight okay so okay. there is a sweet a sweet spot or so there you know there is a recent article in the journal of american heart association that determined that if, if you're on for the bell curve right that seven to eight hours a night is our sleep sweet spot so most, for most people, somewhere between seven and eight hours is our sleep sweet spot. So I'm not going to argue with the person who tells me that they feel great on six hours a day. They, everything they do around six hours a day of sleep, they're functioning beautifully. Their health is good. They have a lot of energy. Their brain function is good. They don't feel tired during the day. I mean... I'm going to say, you go for it. Get your six hours of sleep. I'm not going to argue with them. I, I think you've got people on either end of the spectrum, but most of us fall on the bell curve, right? I think right. people know if they don't fall on the bell curve for sleep because you're either suffering from some of these things I've mentioned or um, you just know that, you know, if you got, if you get eight hours of sleep, you're suffering from some of these or, you know, if you're you're sleeping six, six and a half, and you feel great, right? I mean, you kind of have to go with what your body's telling you. But seven to eight hours is the sweet spot for most people. And what this article showed in the Journal of the American Heart Association was that if you got greater than nine hours of sleep, that most people were really sluggish. And I don't know about you, Danielle, but so I am that person. If I get more than nine really like nine hours plus, I feel awful. Like I wake up, I don't feel very good. I feel kind of groggy. I just feel like I'm dragging. Um, I feel a little bit like groggy, but like kind of in a fog a little bit. Like it takes me, I, I really need to consistently get seven to seven and a half hours a night. Um, 
The other thing the study showed is people who slept consistently more than nine hours a night were at a 14% risk of dying early, wow. but they couldn't actually factor out whether that was a signal that something else was going on. So maybe the person was suffering from sleep apnea or cardiovascular disease or something else. So they couldn't kind of figure out which came first, the chicken or the egg, like was the 14% increase of dying early because they had something else going on or was it due to the fact that they were sleeping more every night. Sleep is important. It should be a priority. I mean, I, you know, I feel strongly that all four of these things, sleep, nutrition, hydration, exercise, and, and really learning how to properly breathe and be able to harness your breath for certain outcomes that I feel like they are all really, really important to your health and well-being. But sleep is hugely important. Can you give us any tips on how to be more consistent? Definitely. I'll get through the tips. But I know before we turn the mic on, one of the things we were talking about is that you and your husband are really great about being consistent with what time you guys go to bed at night to try to really get enough sleep. So we'll talk, we'll come back to the wake up in the middle of the night because I know that's a huge problem for a lot of people, especially people with a lot of anxiety or perimenopausal or menopausal women, which, you know, then can impact your significant other spouse partner because you've got your windows wide open or whatever else, right? But let's get back to that. So how do you and Mike, your husband, um, be consistent with going to bed at a certain time? Because I know a lot of people, that's just hard in and of, of itself. So we are really, and it just evolved this way, I think, at through having kids and sort of, and even though my daughter's a teenager now and she stays up later than we do, but we just turn the TV off at 9.30 every single night and we just actually gauge our shows because usually we watch you know one show after right. dinner and maybe, maybe, maybe two, but we're always done by 9.30 and we won't start a show, say, at 9 o'clock. Right. So you just know that if your last show ends at 8.15, you're done. Like, we're done. We're Yeah, we're done. If our, yeah, if our last show ends at 9.15, we don't start anything else. We turn off the TV. And do you guys agree? Like, you must have, that must have been kind of a, agreed on early on, because I know um, my husband and I definitely, like, we're on slightly different schedules, which is work because, you know, we have a bunch of kids. And where I historically... My thing is I can't burn the candle at both ends, which, as we have seen, no one should be burning the candle at both Correct. ends. Yeah. But what I found for myself, not because of the research or science, but I just found that consistently if I tried to burn the candle at both ends, I didn't function very well. And so I, but I'm one of those weird people that I can be, I can sleep in and stay up later, or I can go to bed early and get up early. I just can't do both, right? Right, right. And so over the years, I've done like both, right? I just, there was a time where I would stay up to like 11 or 12 and get up at seven to eight. And then with this job, as as my schedule kind of evolved, I just try to go to bed by 10. And I'm usually up between, you know, 5 to 5.15 and 6.30, right? It just kind of depends on what my schedule is every day. But I try to really go 10 to 5.30. We'll just say that's an average for me. Right. Right. Um, but I, I can't, like I said, I can't, I know I can't burn the candle at both ends, but, um, 
but I do struggle with wanting to get one more thing done, which I know a lot of people do. They really struggle with like, okay, well, if I just send out these three emails, then I'll shut my computer down. Or, oh, I really need to finish that report and then I'll shut my computer down knowing that they have to get up for something the next day. So how do you guys, when did it start that you guys just decided... Yeah, we're going you know, to bed I, by nine thirty. I think it started with just trying with kids and just trying to say this is when the TV goes off. This is when you know it's bedtime. Yeah. Uh, and also, part of that too is we. I don't do emails. I don't uh, touch the computer at night, and I'll try not to do any text or anything. Right. And I, I'll get up early in the morning though, so I, I usually get up around six, and I'll do all the emails and everything then. Right. But um, it just, you know, it wasn't actually a decision. It evolved, but it's stuck. Like, it's been like this now for years, and now I don't think it's ever going to change. Right. <laughs> even It's even like, even on days when there's no school or, you know, it's right. a day off the next day, we look at each other and say, and we go, oh, we can stay up later. But then I fall asleep. So the other thing is I know you and Mike travel a fair amount, right? And you guys are on, you, they, you guys are big sailors and- yeah. And so are you able to maintain it when you travel or? It does seem that we still seem to, you know, with time change is, can throw a wrench into everything. Right. But yeah, it seems that we still go to bed at, at the same time. It is different if you have a bunch of people, you know, we are on the boat with a bunch of other right. people, you find your, but just at the beginning, you know, and eventually we start going to bed earlier right. as they, as the days go on and we're sailing and. You just find yourself falling right into that. Yeah, habit. I mean, I it's think a good it's, habit. And it's easier too in a boat because you're outside. Right. So you actually start to, your body adjusts to, I the, think, light. to the light. Yeah. Which is a lot easier than when in our homes. And you're not watching TV, you don't have the ambient light, right. and all that sort of stuff. It's so interesting because I just, as you know, I just came back from New York City um, seeing my daughter who went to college a month ago. And, um, I used to, when I go to the East Coast, I always like to be on like the first flight out because I felt like it helped me acclimate to, you know, the right. time change, the three hour time change. Mm -hmm. So if I was up in the middle of the night, basically here in California and on the airport, like by the time I got to my destination, <laughs> then I would go to bed at, you know, 10 o'clock, New York or Boston or whatever time I was on. And more recently, what I found is I love this late afternoon flight to the East Coast because I would get in at midnight. There's no traffic from the airport into yeah. Manhattan. And then I just kind of stay on my California time, which also works. I mean, once again, you're figuring out how to get enough sleep um, and not necessarily negatively impact you in one location or that, the other. Both actually work, right? But I think you have to be somewhat consistent, right? So we did that this time where we would stay up late. We would stay up till, you know, 1230, 1.30, which, you know, on the minus three hours is somewhat what I'm doing but here. Go to bed, and then yeah. we would get up at 8.30, which is 5.30. So really body time, I was, <laughs> I was trying to stay kind of on, you know, stay the same yeah. schedule. But once again, I didn't get in at midnight and try to make myself get up at 6 a.m. New York time, right? I just tried to be consistent. And I think, you know, that is um, one of the things that one of the themes that 
that you and I try to talk about is it's really what you do day in and day out every single day that has the most impact on your health. And, um, and so you, you know, consistently getting enough sleep. And when, when you do travel, which is big for a lot of people, you just have to maybe look at that when you book your flight or when you're booking your trip, just making sure that, that whatever you're choosing, you, you can kind of build in that consistent seven plus hours of sleep. So back to talking about what you might do to, to try to make sure you can get to bed at, at the designated time. And, and I love that, that you just know you're, you're just a, disciplined about not starting a show. I know a lot of people that can't be that disciplined. I mean, my teenagers for sure. Oh, I'm not promising. With the binge watching. Yeah. yeah. Netflix. Yeah. No, I have no idea. We go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> my teen, it, you know, she's almost 18. I'm sure she stays up and is on her phone or, you know, watches shows on her phone with her earbuds on. Cause I don't hear them because that would keep us up. But you know, She's off to college next year, so she has to figure it out. She's going to have to figure it out. Yeah, so for those of you who really are like, you know, what can I do to try to to get enough sleep? You know, one thing that's helped me, and it's really by default, is because I got this Apple Watch for Mother's Day. My kids gave me an Apple Watch for Mother's Day, and and I was kind of hesitant. I didn't get it for a while, but I actually do like a lot of the functions on here really go along with what we're, we're saying. Like they have the breathe function, right? right? And of course they can track your, how much you're moving and how much exercise you're getting and how much you're standing, right? All of those things. If you, if you actually use it and watch it, it really kind of helps you maybe tweak your habits a little bit. And it, I don't even think I said it, but I think it, when I set the bedtime function on my phone, it comes up on my watch. It tells me, and on my phone too, right? If you have an Apple phone, uh, an iPhone, it'll do that too. But if you set the bedtime alarm function, it tells you, bing, you need to go to bed now. Hi, okay, I'm going to try to that. get your X number of sleep. I didn't so, know you could do that on the Apple yeah, watch. Yeah, so Apple phone. I'm going to do that. You know, that's why they call them geniuses, right? <laughs> the Apple watch. But so one thing with that, so one thing, you know, maybe set your alarm on your phone or your watch or set the timer in your kitchen. It certainly doesn't have to be high tech. But so that to go off at whatever time you want to remind yourself, give yourself like 20 minutes before you have to be in bed, but maybe just set a simple reminder, you know, that you want to be in bed, whatever it is at a certain time, give yourself a reminder. If you need 30 minutes, if you're someone who works, who does a little bit more work before they go to bed, maybe give yourself 30 minutes or 45 minutes to just shut your computer down, go get ready for bed. Um, But, but that is one thing, just set a reminder, whether it's an alarm, a buzzer, whatever it is. I don't know. And I definitely do that. The TV goes off at 930, but then I finish loading the dishwasher and check all the doors and, you know, do 10 other things. So I need that time. But I think that's also the time where I wind down. It's I do the nighttime routine and and I think that all sort of sets, because I used to be able to read a lot before bed and now I find I go to bed and I read maybe a page. It takes me forever to get through a book. Yeah, (laughs) that's me. That's why I started listening to Audible. Exactly. Because yeah, I'm out. So I think that that whole system over yeah. the years is sort of my body goes, oh, okay, bedtime. Yeah. So bingo. One of the things you said, routine, right? So basically, you know, have ritual. Rituals are amazing, right? Rituals 
really help us keep our our habits in check, right? So and and I it's so interesting. I've as I started this job and and doing more research and and I try things to help my clients often, but but they end up I end up varying or changing up my rituals mainly because I'm trying things and researching things to help my clients and figure out like I can be doing this better too. But have a nighttime ritual. Rituals are great. It just helps you to decompress and unwind and kind of sets the stage for going to bed. Um, I think having a, a nighttime ritual and a morning ritual, they don't have to take up, you know, 30, 45 minutes to an hour on either end, but just having that day in and day out what you do to kind of wind down and to wind up is amazing to just help you keep on your daily habit. So ritual, great. Set an alarm. Um, it would be great to, to not have a TV or a computer in your bedroom just to reduce the risk. And I know a lot of us do use, I use, I'm guilty of using my phone as my alarm because, mainly because I like that I can set it oh, I know. on 10 different times and I can keep snoozing and count on the fact that it's not going to shut down. Well, right? it's easy to set. So we easy just, to set. My husband just bought his second new clock. Yeah. Because we couldn't set the last one. We had no idea how to right. set it. And the phone's super the, easy to set. I know. I don't know why people who make some nightside alarm clocks out there, can't you make it as easy as our phone? <laughs> yes. Well, so it's easy. I, I can't really tell you to... To not have your phone in in your bedroom next to your bed because I would be guilty of being. But put it on do not disturb. Hip hop of hypocrisy. Yeah, I mean, put it on do not disturb. Um, but I will tell you the biggest thing I'm struggling with right now is not pushing my news feed app on my phone before I go to bed. It's deadly. Don't do it. Don't read the news before you go to bed. Well, a it's just a it's just a trap, right? I mean, you can go from one story to the next and it's just, it's disturbing. And you can end up thinking like, oh, I'm just going to quickly scan the headlines. I didn't really read the news today. And the next thing you know, 45 minutes later, you're going next, next, next. So some of that is just making a commitment to yourself. You know, I deserve to get a good night's sleep. Don't, don't, don't do it. I'm, I'm trying to become a recovering Newsfeed uh, news person right before I go to bed. Like it's just the worst time. Don't do it. Okay. So try to kind of get rid of, of media before you go to bed. The other thing is, um, you know, make sure you, it's a good temperature for you to sleep in. I know we talked about the perimenopause or menopause and people have hot flashes. And I've heard this over and over again, where, you know, the woman has, the window is all wide open and her husband wakes up in the middle of the night too because he's freezing. You know, this whole temperature control thing, you kind of need to figure out the temperature control of the room because temperature for most people is there's a there's a hand-in-hand relationship of having a certain temperature and being able to sleep well, right? But um, definitely figure out what is the best temperature for you and try to do that. Another thing I often tell my clients is this is a great time to practice your meditative breathing, right? So if you haven't really figured out whether you're breathing correctly or not, lying supine or on your back with your you know, nose facing toward the ceiling 
and putting your a diamond around your belly button. So take your thumbs together and your middle fingers together, kind of make a diamond or your index finger, either one. And you put your belly button right in the center, so right on your belly. And just, it's a great time to practice your five minutes of meditative breathing. It will also just help down-regulate, relax you to be able to have a better night's sleep. And if you missed last week's episode, yeah, we, talked, we went into a, a lot of detail on breathing and how to either energize or calm yourself through your breathing. So check out last week's episode. Yeah, and then the thing you just mentioned was get familiar with your do not disturb button on your phone, your watch. You know, now you got to kind of shut everything down. But but really, it's, it's, it's our internal do not disturb button as, as well as all the external do not disturb buttons, right? I mean, you, you just, you've got to kind of shut everything down and just give yourself some space to sleep. And, you know, I will tell you, I mean, this is really counter to what we're saying today. But for those of you who have that night, let's say you're really good about getting your sleep, but you have that night or two where for whatever reason you've got things scheduled back to back and you know, like I'm only going to get five and a half hours of sleep or six or four, whatever it is. I will tell you one thing that's really helped me that I actually learned from someone else, from another one of my mentors is if I will go to bed and instead of, I used to be panicked. I don't know. Did you ever have, I mean, when I was younger, I, and I thought I didn't, wasn't going to get enough sleep. I would have that anxiety of like, what if I don't wake up in time? What right. if I feel right. bad? Yes, I definitely. Mean, yeah. Uh, not anymore because I no, have an either. internal clock that suddenly appeared. Yeah. <laughs> and I wake up at the same time, even on a weekend, sadly. But I totally remember that when I was certainly in college and first working well, then, that I panicked. That I'd... And then you can't go to sleep. Right. 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 And, I, and some of it, I'm sure, is just experience. You know, like life is going to go on even if you don't get enough sleep. Right. But and it's going to be OK. You're going to survive. But one thing I started doing, because it has now that I have clients super early in the morning, this, this does happen to me probably more than occasionally. But when I go to bed, I just own it. Like I get in my bed. I do all these little things that I've told you to do. Like I, we don't have a TV or computer in the bedroom. And I definitely try to have it pleasant temperature control. And I do, I basically mentally tell myself, you know what, you're going to get five hours of sleep and you're going to feel great tomorrow. Like you're going to get the best five hours of sleep you can. And then I do about five cycles of breathing and just, I, it, I've stopped having the weird anxiety around what if I don't wake up on time? What if I feel, I mean, just and that's a really good tip I like that yeah it's just like you kind of mentally own it I will tell you it doesn't work multiple nights in a row so it's really for like that one-off I mean by three or four nights in a row getting less than six hours of sleep you just cannot combat the science here right Right. but on one night or two nights or occasionally I'm going to give you that tip try it try it like control your destiny at the next day you know um, so anyway, I mean, I know we probably need to wrap this up. We, yeah, we're getting to that time. Yeah, and... but you know, it, 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 these whole podcasts are really for a way for the listeners to to walk away and say, you know, oh, this was great. What change can I make in my daily routine? And that's what I just encourage all of you guys to do is really evaluate what you're doing and, and just make one small change, right? At the end of the day, one small change 
every week or every two weeks can have an incredible impact. Everyone wants this magic pill for finding the fountain of youth. And, and once again, it's really, there is no magic pill. You know, there's no, sure, you can get Botox or have plastic surgery or whatever you want to do, but, but gravity is still going to catch up with you. There is no magic pill. The magic pill is in what you do day in and day out and how you're taking care of your health and sleep. It's hugely, hugely important to staying young, vibrant, and healthy. Lee, on that note, what are we going to talk about next week? I don't know. Maybe somebody will write in something. <laughs> Give us a topic. Give us a topic. Give us okay, a topic. We'll, we'll come in, up with something. We'll come up with something. Tune in next week and uh, we'll surprise you. Yeah. And, you know, here's to, here's to feeling great. Yeah. Thank you for listening. And please subscribe and share. If you like this podcast, share or rate us and help other people find us. Yeah. Share, share, share. Tell your friends. Bye.